Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors at the Church of Greer Station. The Weekly is a 20-minute podcast about books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. And I would imagine one issue that is very relevant to the life of our church is rethinking how to care for our families during this forced reset. This grace that the Lord has given us, which is a lot of time at home. Uh, This is an opportunity for us to reconsider some habits Uh, getting rid of some old habits, getting rid of some old habits and building some new habits, building some new family rhythms. And one really great family rhythm that we can take advantage of building during this time is family worship. Uh, This is something that we have talked about a little bit before, but it's not something that we've done an episode on. And so I thought I would take a couple of minutes and do a pretty brief episode just as a way of sort of resourcing uh, folks. Um, this is not at all original to me. I Pretty much anything that I ever say is stolen from somewhere else. This is no exception. Uh, family worship is a, a really simple uh, practice that can, can be really easily adopted by, I think, the vast majority of us if, it just, if, if we're just a little bit intentional. My goal in this is to uh, just give some practicals around what family worship is, uh, why it's important that we do it, when to do it, how should this fit with our uh, Sunday worship, and uh, that sort of thing. So, um, let's get rolling. So first, family worship. Why is it important to establish this rhythm? Well, I think that we could approach it in a a couple of different ways, but I think we're just going to stick to biblically and uh, practically. So biblically, the scriptures are clear that it's the parent's responsibility to uh, raise up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You have, of course, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Um, where we're told to talk about the things of God in our homes. Um, we're told to draw frequent attention to what the Lord has done for us and the, the many ways that He's blessed us and, and redemption. But we also have passages like Ephesians chapter 6, which say, Children, obey your parents, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Family worship is one of those really simple ways that we can practice bringing up our children in the discipline and instruction of the of the Lord. One of the things that we, we talk about, um, Hannah and I talk about with our kids' ministry, is that we don't want our Sunday morning kids' ministry to be piano lessons. We, we don't want people to think that, you know, you can come, uh, you can come drop your kids off for you know, a little hour session a week, and we don't even have that option right now. Anyway, uh, but when church is typically in function, we don't want to have the piano lesson mentality approach to our kids' spiritual development. You go drop them off and hope that they pick up enough in that hour on Sundays to mature them into followers of Christ. Um, that's that's not our philosophy. That's not how we want to think about it. Rather, we want every parent to take responsibility for the spiritual development, instruction, well-being of their children, and family worship. The habit, routine of family worship is um, one, of, one of those key ways that we can do that. So that's the biblical reason. The practical reason is all the studies, all the research suggests that the one of, if not the key factor in influencing a, ch- a child's lifetime belief, you know, of course, speaking, speaking below the clouds, um, not, you know, of course, of course, it's the Lord's work in their hearts, but speaking below the clouds, the key factor in a child's spiritual development is parents, and specifically, it is fathers. So the more 
that a child's father takes responsibility for their spiritual well-being, the more likely it is that that child stays in the faith, that that child remains faithful to Jesus. Um, so be encouraged by that. Um, as we as we talk about this, um, just want to remind everybody that the goal isn't perfection. There is no such thing as a perfect parent. I am millions of miles away from being a perfect parent. The goal, rather, is to be good enough, right? So let's let's throw any kind of aspirations for being perfect parents out the window. The goal is to be good enough parents. And as we talk about family worship, and particularly as we talk about frequency, we're not going to do this perfectly every night. We're not going to do this perfectly uh, every week. Every session is not going to be perfect. We want it to be good enough. We want to shoot for more than 50% of our nights. If we can do it every night, that's awesome. But if we can do most nights, that is good enough. So we want family worship to be a something that we do more often than we don't. But we also want to recognize that perfect perfection is not attainable. Let's shoot for good enough. So what is family worship? What does it consist of? Simple. It's three things. First, read. Second, pray. Third, sing. First, read. You turn to a passage be it a, a psalm, a story, a parable of Jesus, a few lines from an epistle. Maybe if your kids are old enough, you take turns reading. You go where the conversation go. You uh, you talk about the passage. You try and ask questions about the passage. You ask questions about what this passage says about God, what it says about Jesus, what it says about fear, what it says about hope, what it says about love. You let the conversation kind of go where it goes. And if it makes you think of other passages, you flip to those passages and you read those passages too. Always, as best you can, always tie in the Bible, and you just talk. You just you just allow the conversation to go where the scriptures take it. If your children ask you a question that you don't know how to answer, what you say to them is this: Hmm, I'm not really sure. Let me look into that. Let me talk with your mom. Let me talk with your dad. Let me talk with our group leader. Let me talk with one of our pastors about that, and uh, I'll get back with you. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that next time. Next time we do family worship, we'll talk about that. I would love to provide you an answer. That's how, we, that's how we field questions that we don't know the answer to with our kids. So the first thing is we read. The second thing that we do is we pray. We pray in light of the passage. So if the passage speaks to God's holiness, we pray short, small prayers about, God, you are so holy and you're so different than us, and we want to be holy like you, something like that. We, we, we pray in light of the passage. Um, we pray for salvation. We pray out loud for our kids' salvation. Father, would you please save Jude and Nate? We pray that you would one day open their heart to believe that they would repent, believe the gospel, and be baptized. We pray for help. Would you help Ruthie's little cold go away? We know that you're strong enough to do that. Would you help? Would you heal her? And then we ask God's wisdom and family decisions. We say, um, help us think through these renovations that we want to do. Is this honoring to you? Um, and if it is honoring to you, let us use our home to glorify you. Uh, and anything else that comes to mind. Uh, the goal with this is to pray. Pray, pray. That's the goal, to just pray. Pray with your kids, and if you can, show them how to pray. Teach them how to pray. Teach them what things ought to be prayed for through your family prayers. And then the last thing you do is you sing. You pick a verse or a chorus or a verse and a chorus. Pick a song from church. Pick a song from Rain for Roots, from the, um, you know, whatever. If you have a Bible song CD, pick one of those songs and sing a chorus. For the longest time, our family sang this little ditty it was just, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, 5. And we just sang that over and over and over. Um, that was our, our little song before we went to bed. Sometimes we sing the doxology. Around Christmas, we sing um, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Anything like that. Um, 10,000 Reasons, we sing that. You know, uh, all sorts of different things. Um, 
teach your kids to sing. Uh, make make singing a part of your, your house. Even if you're not a musical family, it's good to teach them the songs of the faith, um, especially stuff that we're singing in church. This is one small way we can work to, you know, eventually acclimate our children into the life of our church family. So that's it. Family worship is just you read, you pray, and you sing. Now let me warn you, the vast majority of time, nothing magical is going to happen. Like it's, you know, maybe some of us are a bit romantic. We have these big visions of what's going to happen when we do family worship. That, you know, the the clouds are going to open and the Lord's presence is going to descend and our children are going to, um, you know, fall to their knees in repentance. You know, maybe some of us are a little bit romantic that way. But the vast majority of time, nothing magical is going to happen. One of the kids is going to fart in the middle of your family worship time and it's going to, everyone's going to giggle and you're going to be frustrated. Um, somebody, somebody's going to, uh, start kicking somebody else. You're, you're going to have issues like that. So nothing magical. Again, it's just there's no such thing as being perfect. It's just being good enough. We want to have faith and God working through cumulative years of this. Um, something that helps me is to think about ministry. All of our ministry is farming. Farming requires patience and stick to and just a long-term vision, just kind of a faithful, just kind of do the thing day in and day out and trust that the Lord will use it eventually. Uh, Donald Whitney tells a story about uh, Donald Whitney's kind of the the guru of family worship. All of the stuff that I've I've got on this comes from comes from Donald Whitney. He's a professor at Southern Seminary. He tells a story about his daughter when she was uh, graduating high school. Um, she was she was giving a speech. I think it was he, he said at their high school it was tradition for all the graduating seniors to give a speech. It was a small private high school. And the thing that her speech was about was how much she appreciated family worship. And Donald Whitney said what blew him away about that was not one single time can he remember anything memorable ever happening in family worship. And yet, as his daughter's graduating high school, she says her most treasured memories are gathering around the Bible to read, to pray, to sing. And so that's our that's the that's the kind of long term vision we want to have, that God can use those kind of mundane activities. So that's that's the that's it. That's the nuts and bolts. As far as when for us, we do it after dinner. We try and do it after dinner, um, over the dinner table while the kids are eating um, or as the kids are finishing. Sometimes we do it before bed. Recently, Emily has recommended we try it in the mornings because maybe our kids are going to be a little less grumpy at that point. You know, we'll see. We'll see. There's, there's, there's no magic hour for this necessarily. It's just it's, it's what works best for you and for your family. Um, now, kind of speaking to the uniqueness of our situation right now, I'm recording this in the midst of the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic stuff. Um, th- I think this is especially important for us to implement family worship during this time, given that we're going to be together so much, uh, given that we're not going to be together as a church family, at least for a little while. Um, one question is, how does this um, how does this kind of kind of overlay with the Sunday worship that we send out? You know, do, do we do this in place of our Sunday, Sunday worship that we say that sent out? The short answer to that is no. Um, I think we should think about these as different activities. Um, if you think about the different ways that you go about watering your garden, for instance, you've got the three different kinds of hoses. You, you could say that you got the ground swell hose. It's the the soaker hose that's kind of constantly penetrating, constantly soaking things. You got the sprinkler that's steady, but it's off and on. And then you got the hose like spraying directly in big, heavy, direct chunks. I think we can think about some of these spiritual disciplines along these lines. So things like um, praying at red lights and praying over meals, praying without ceasing. Uh, th- that's kind of the, the groundswell, kind of constant penetrating discipline. 
things like family worship or our personal quiet time, that's the sort of thing that's more of the steady off and on like a sprinkler. Something like a church gathering is the water hose. It's the direct heavy pouring that I think I think we need to be especially intentional about preserving during this time of, of being physically apart. So as much as you can, um, preserve Sunday worship. Do that as a, as a couple. Do that as a family as best that you can. We're going to provide some kids teaching so that you can hopefully play that on a separate screen. You know, maybe the time when you and your spouse are watching the sermon. Maybe you can play the kids teaching on a separate screen um, in another part of the house if, if it's feasible. So that's that's the short answer for that. Um, does that does family worship replace the Sunday worship, particularly during this time? That's that's what I'd say to that. Um, remember, there's no such thing as perfect parents. The goal is to be good enough. The goal is to more nights than we don't to read, pray, and sing, and trust that God can work over years and years of this. The cum the cumulative impact on this uh, that, that God can use this. Um, all ministry is farming. Be patient, stick to it, have a long-term vision, and let's struggle through this together and trust that God is big enough to work through our feeble efforts. Love you guys. Thank you guys. Uh, many blessings on you during this time, and I hope to talk with you soon. Thanks. Thanks.